Stay tuned for Love Talk with Carrie Brinketer and Kathy Enderbrock. Thank you, Gavin, and we are in studio today. This is Evelyn Davison at Love Talk. Uh, today's Christian Talk, 1120, broadcasting out of a rainy day in Austin, Texas. We are the bridge at 1120, and one of the things that is so exciting about us coming every week, uh, and we're on twice a week now, to Love Talk, is that we have an opportunity to talk about some of the things that are going on around us that have an that have an impact on not only the way we live, but the way that we dream and the way that we uh, actually operate uh, in a in a society that uh, is um, very troublesome at times. And in the studio today is with my friend. With me is Carrie, uh, Coach Carrie. And Carrie, I know that this is an exciting day for you as well because you are out of what? School. School. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are out of school, Miss Evelyn. Hello. So great to see you today. Yes, today is their first day. At home, uh, summer break, and they, I did leave them a list of things to do while I was gone. I don't today, blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. So they kind of groaned and rolled their eyes a little bit, but they, they, they said they'd have it done by the time I got home. So yeah. it's well, you know, a great for good summer. Yeah. For children, because it gives them a responsibility. Absolutely. And it gives them something to work toward, and it keeps them busy and out of trouble. <laughs> that's <laughs> a big thing. Two, that's I, a big thing. I raised two boys, and that's my formula. <laughs> uh, yesterday was a really special day, or this week was, uh, in Austin. Uh, you know, we've gone through the Franklin Graham uh, Decision America tour. He came in on, on a big bus. Well, this week we sent Governor Rick Abbott, uh, Rick Abbott, Greg Abbott, out on a bus that is beautiful, and we had a great time with him, with him and uh, his staff. And it was his first book signing this week. So and fun! It, I know you had a great time yesterday. Yes, it 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 is um, it is strictly about the Constitution and the security that that gives us. Uh, in regard to our safety and in regard to what we can expect from our government. And it is, it's a faith statement instead of a fear statement. And we're going to be talking about mm. fear today. But uh, we also presented him with a, a new Bible, a John Maxwell Bible, that is the, called the Briefcase uh, Version. And it's a leather-bound Bible that has a flap that comes over. But on each side are blank lines that where he can make notes of of praying, praising through Texas, and uh, that is so. It's been exciting. So I am seeing some things right now, uh, Kathy and, and and Carrie, that I've not seen in a long time. People are getting excited, and they're beginning to dress up with clothes of bravery and dress up in a way that they can meet the challenges that are we are facing in our nation today without fear. So. Oh, Miss Evelyn, it's it's so neat to see you just being such a a bastion of glorious strength um, <laughs> with our 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 leaders of our of our state of Texas. Thank you so much for what you do. I just don't know. I don't know of anybody else who has done what you've done. And you just talked about a faith statement instead of a fear statement. Right. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, Miss Evelyn. We're going to be talking about how we've been in the series on God's love and we've talked about how God's love takes different forms in our lives. 
talked about a love that delivers us from past and past hurts and uses those past lessons to guide us um, to help someone else maybe with a similar burden. We talked about how God's love speaks truth. You can't change the truth, but the truth can change you. Uh, last time we were together, we talked about how love is a verb <laughs> and how God's love calls us to action mm-hmm. and to find our love field. Today, we are going to be talking about God's perfect love casts out fear. This series has been so special to me. Um, and when I was coaching college ball, I, this today's message was kind of born out of a locker room speech I gave Miss uh-huh. Evelyn. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more as we go through today, but how, you know, all of us have failed. I mean, oh, my heavens. I have a child. list of failures you wouldn't believe. I know. Me too, right? <laughs> and failed in many areas. Some are very public. Some are not so public. And I think that we've all failed. So the fear of failure, you know, okay, well, we've all done that. But what about the fear of success? What about how you look at things and how you perceive yourself as you take on something? Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to be talking about that fear of success and how God's perfect love can cast out that fear for us. And we've got our friend Kathy on the line. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Coach Kerry. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be just with you guys. And I wish I could say in studio, but I... I know y'all are in studio. I'm kind of in studio in a way, just uh, remote from uh, Boise, Idaho. And I love this topic because I think that we can all look back through those moments in our lives when we have been just crippled by fear. And I, I think that there are even moments in our present and moving forward where we have to face fears and face them down and overcome them. And so I I love the topic. I know it's been um, such a learning point for me, such a turning point for me, and I'm so glad we're able to share it with our listening friends today. Today, our biblical references will be from Psalm 9419, when anxiety and fear were great within me. Your consolation brought me joy. 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 (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And then Psalm 118.6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Oh, man. So these these areas are things that I think we all think about from time to time. Today we're going to look at two main areas where I think fear really grips us. The first one is with our negative thoughts and our self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some days when I can just uh, make myself feel really, really bad. <laughs> so, you know, and ugly. And ugly, right? <laughs> those negative thoughts and those self-sabotage, there should be no room for that in my brain, in your brain, in mm-hmm. our brains. There should be no room for that. The second area that I think that we struggle with fear is how, you know, we look at, at success or we look at that goal that we have and we're Afraid of sustaining that success. Absolutely. If I get there, oh, I can't. I, I, I know. I, no. well, I, I can't. I can't hold on to it. Yeah. They'll, they'll figure me out. They'll think I'm a fraud, a failure. Yeah. yeah. And so, I know that these areas really grip many of us. Miss Evelyn, I 
absolutely cannot imagine <laughs> that you've ever been afraid of anything. I look at you and I just think you're so brave and I I aspire to be like you in so many areas. Do you even have a story about a time where I you mean, were gripped with fear? I have a lot of stories about being afraid. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that, that really changed in my life when I confronted the fears that I had. It was during a time when my dad had been drafted into the Navy during World mm-hmm. War II and we had to move. And it might, and much like, you know, your children, I was at a point where I was really beginning to question a lot of things. And I did not come from a Christian family. But I guess the biggest uh, battle with fear I've ever had was when I was 50 years old on my 50th birthday. I had a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And um, those days, uh, they didn't really know. You know, uh, it it was just um, it, it was just like an open area that they couldn't a wound they didn't know what to do with, mm-hmm. and so what they determined the best thing to do was just removal, and mm-hmm. that was not what my fear was. My fear was that I would ever get well to do what it is. I believe God had called me to do because I had written my first book, and um, I wanted so desperately to be. Everything that he that I ever dreamed of uh, wanted to be a great example of a love leader, and that's what my area of leadership was was in leader and leadership and prayer. And finally, one day, Van just uh, shook me and said, "Evelyn, you can do, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I will take you anywhere you need to go. I will take off work. I will fly you there or I'll drive you there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that's what we have to have is just someone like Moses was one day. Mm-hmm. He was so terribly exhausted and mm-hmm. he couldn't. And when he held his hands up, the battle was winning. The Hebrews were winning. Mm-hmm. But when he got exhausted, he put his hands down. Well, then they would fail and people would be killed. And so I saw that as a picture of Van holding my hands up. And mm-hmm. believe me, I don't let go. So that's basically, and I have learned through the years that perfect love does cast out fear, and perfect love is God's love. It's not my love for the Lord Jesus, although that's a strong, uh, it is a strong stronghold, but it is his love for me. He will not let us go, mm. and that's the number one fear we have is, you know, and I've, through, through the years as I've had opportunities to share Christ with people, I had a had an engineer from Aggie Land when we were a young woman that I knew, and, and she told him, she said, I can't marry you because you're not a believer. And so I sat down with him and asked him, what is it that's keeping you from believing? And he said, well, I might fail at that. Mm-hmm. And so those are things we're dealing with today. And, and you know, no, I, Kathy, I know you probably, you're young, you probably had a lot more fear stories than I have. <laughs> quite a few quite a few i don't know where we're at with time do we need to go to break carrie are we still good i do got two minutes we got about two two minutes okay i'm going to push towards this then i will tell you when um i i had a, a um a lots of professional experience with speaking i had helped open large entertainment properties i had done training i had spoke um, at board meetings, and uh, I was very comfortable in that environment. Well, when the Lord got a hold of my heart and um, and and taught me how to pray, he brought a gal alongside to teach me how to pray and to how to pursue him in relationship, I wanted to share that with other women. 
And when I got involved in church, I had this horrible, horrible problem. Whenever I opened my mouth to speak <laughs> about any faith-related mm. issue, I I couldn't talk. I mean, mm. I was just crippled. I mean, tears would come. My voice would go. Uh, and, mm. and it was so disconcerting because I had spoken all my life mm. and never had a problem. And here I was um, speaking about something that was meaningful, that could change lives, and and yet I couldn't do it. And so I told my mom, I said, well, you know, obviously the Lord doesn't want me to do this because Uh-oh. he has not equipped me. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and mom says, no, 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 baby. Mm-hmm. He, she goes, I want you to think about this. She goes, Maybe the enemy is so frightened of you opening your mouth mm-hmm. about how God has changed your life that he is throwing everything mm-hmm. at you that he can possibly come up with. And it was actually through studying Moses and all of uh, the excuses that Moses came up with for not speaking that really helped me to um, overcome this fear and be able to start speaking with women about prayer and faith and how God had changed my life and made just such a huge difference in my heart and how I became a different person than the person I had been. Wow. When we get back from break, Kathy, we're going to have you explore that Moses uh, incident, uh, several incidents as we get back from break. Thank you so much for sharing that. We'll be right back with more Love Talk here on 1120 The Bridge. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Carrie Brinketer and Kathy Enderbrock. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge. We're so happy you're here with us today. Thank you for joining us. Today we're talking about God's perfect love casts out fear And how many times we let our fear of success get in the way of us doing things that we know would further the kingdom of Christ. We have negative thoughts, self-sabotage, and a lot of times we're afraid of being able to sustain that success. Miss Evelyn took us through a story of how she was um, really afraid of of cancer and... um, how that really impacted her life and her husband then spoke truth into her about God's love and that God wasn't finished with her yet and to not be afraid. We heard about Kathy and how she'd been a speaker her whole life and fear gripped her when she started speaking about about Christ and that her mom reminded her that the enemy was doing that, not the Lord, and that she was going to be able to overcome that. For me, my fear really gripped me um, in 2013 when I was leading my uh, one of my teams into the first conference championship game that I had um, been able to coach in. And uh, it was 2013. I had a very, very young team. And as we went into that game, the team we were playing in the conference championship game had already beaten us three times that year. And each time they'd beaten us by 12 points. Exactly. And I knew... Going into that game, I, I I self-sabotaged. I really did. I talked to myself in a negative way. I didn't project that onto my team, but I kept telling myself things like, I don't think we can beat them. I don't think we're good enough. I don't I don't mm. think we can do this. 
And, you know, of course, I prepared and I prepared and I prepared and I overprepared because that's what I do. And um, I, I knew everything they were going to throw at us. It was just a matter of us being able to to counter that. And um, I was also afraid that if we won that conference championship, since my team was so young, could I sustain it the next year? And could I sustain it the next year? I, wow, I, I can't believe how many negative thoughts ran through my head. And we did end up losing that game. We did. Guess what? We lost that game by 12 points. <laughs> I know that's so <laughs> crazy. But we did. We lost that game by 12 points. And, um, you know, after that year, I just I just kept thinking, you know, why? Why do I do that? Why do I, why do I talk to myself that way? It doesn't do me any good, right? And so... <clears throat> I learned a big lesson that you know you can't you can't talk negative to negatively to yourself and protect and project mm-hmm. something positive to other people. I'm sure that my team probably didn't overtly recognize that I really didn't know what was going to happen when we went into that game. But two years later, when I was lucky enough to coach in another conference championship game, I went into that game much more confident. I was like, girl, this now or never, we're going to do this thing today. That's called um, rope of hope. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so we did end up beating that very same team that we Mm -hmm. lost to two years years before. That was, I think, the sweetest part was we ended up beating that very same team. We didn't just beat them. We stomped them in the conference championship that year. That was really fun. And so I think for me, just kind of turning some things around in my head, you know, we're our, we're, we're our worst enemy sometimes. Absolutely. Right? So, Kathy, you had mentioned um, that, Mo- that the story of Moses uh, had really impacted you as you started going on your journey to speak into the lives of women about prayer. Can you, can you talk to us about how Moses, um, the story of Moses really impacted you in that journey? Absolutely. And, you know, for I encourage any of our listening friends to go and read this for yourself, because it is truly amazing the way that God works with Moses and and all the excuses that Moses comes up with. You can actually find it in your Bible in Exodus chapter three, verses 10 through 21, and then Exodus chapter four, one through 13. So that's like the very second book of your Bible. You have Genesis, then Exodus. You go right there and you can pull it up. And so I'll lay a backdrop for you. You know, basically, um, the Israelites had um, gone to Egypt. They had been in Egypt for 400 years. They were now, they went from a place of great prosperity in Egypt to now being slaves to the Egyptians. And, uh, you know, they were the the Egyptians were very hard taskmasters and they had done just brutal things uh, to the Israelites, um, had them actually uh, kill um, all of their um, firstborn, all of their male children. You know, when when an Israelite child was born, if it was male, it had to be thrown into into the Nile and just brutal. And, And that was something that. Actually, Moses was saved out of. So here we have Moses now. He's been raised as an as um, Egyptian in Pharaoh's household. Um, he has um, escaped from Egypt after he killed um, an, an Egyptian in defense while he was trying to defend um, uh, an Israelite. And so now Moses had been living uh, with his father-in-law and his wives and his, excuse me, his wife, singular, <laughs> let me just point that out, singular, his wife, um, out, and he had basically been raising livestock. 
and um, and God calls him and says, hey, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him, uh, you know, go, go to the Israelite people first. Go to the Israelite people. Say, I have heard your cries. I have seen what the Egyptians have been doing to you and I'm going to deliver you. And Moses, you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to go tell Pharaoh to let God's people go. And so we see Moses uh, just gripped with this fear and coming up with all of these excuses. And he says, who am I? Who am I to do this? I, I, I am not a speaker. He says, I, I don't have, I've never been eloquent. I'm not able to speak. I'm very slow of speech. Um, uh, he says, I've never, I have never done anything like this. And then Moses comes up with all of these, well, what ifs? What if they won't listen to me? What if I don't have success with this? And, and so we do these same things. We ask ourselves, we say, well, who am I? Who am I to accomplish this thing? Who am I to go out in God's name? Who am I to go and talk about this, this faith that I have in this God who has changed my life? And we say, well, what if? What if they don't listen? What if they don't believe me? Um, we say, I've never done anything like this before. This is so far out of my comfort zone. And then finally, Moses threw this last thing at God. He says, can just someone else do it? Really, God, can someone else do it? Because we know that that God owns sheep on a thousand hills. He has all of these resources. He has all of these people. We can look through the Old Testament and see how he has raised up leader after leader. And we say, surely, God, there are some other people that you can send Mm. instead of me. And so God comes up alongside Moses. And so this is what um, God spoke to me, what he spoke to Moses, what he speaks to you, to each of our listeners. He says, I will go with you. Mm. I will be with you. I will help you and and God actually says I am your ever present help in time of need. God says he told Moses specifically I will teach you. I will tell you what you are to do. And um and God says I have chosen you for this. And you know listening friends you are out there God has chosen you right where you are to accomplish right what he wants to accomplish in your life and in the lives of others. And, you know, Evelyn, you've pointed out Moses was at that point. He was like, okay, I'm trembling. I'm willing to go and do this. Can I have a, can I, can I have someone else here with me? And God did give him Aaron. Now Mm -hmm. Moses could have done this on his own, but God did give him a friend to go and 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 speak and to do this alongside him. And so we see that as God doesn't um, just throw an accomplished leader right in the middle of something, we see time and time and time again how he develops leaders. He grows people. Mm-hmm. He takes he takes each of us right at the point where we are. And he he helps us to grow and accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our lives and in the lives of others. And so that that whole section out of Moses was so meaningful to me. And there was a verse in Second um, Corinthians, chapter three, verse five, that he really drove this home where 
basically, um, Paul is writing and he says, look, our competence is not within ourselves. But our competence comes from God. And so it doesn't matter what it is that that um, you that God is asking you to do. It doesn't matter how um, big that championship game is. It doesn't matter um, what excuses you can come up with and all of the what ifs that you have. God says your competence will come directly from me. And that's, okay, that's but, a pretty powerful promise. Yeah, that is so true. And I think we are in a season right now in America when that it, we were seeing that played out. Um, back in 2013, Franklin Graham was the uh, honorary prayer coordinator for National Day of Prayer. And he was to speak, and we told this story before, in the Pentagon. And he was disinvited. And it broke his heart because he had a message for America. And uh, he began to pray. And he read in the Old Testament uh, where God said he was looking for a man that would stand in the gap. Mm. And Franklin said, God spoke to him directly and said, you are the man to stand in the gap. And you know, Elisha one time uh, was um, surrounded by an enemy and uh, the Hebrew children were living in fear. And he prayed that their eyes might be open to see God's help. And I think that's what we need to do right now in America as we're thinking about where we are and we have fear that our Constitution is failing. It's not failing. We're failing because Mm -hmm. we're not upholding that. So, you know, this is a good example for us, uh, Kathy, in talking about this, because when we look at where we are, we are called to be a messenger of love and a messenger of hope. And it's so important that we learn to do it the way God wants us to do it, like he did with you with the subject of prayer. I think here it's time for us to take our break. Okay. All right. Well, we will take a break. And when we come back, we will really talk about how fear can grip us and how, just like Kathy's been talking about, Miss Evelyn's been talking about, how we can overcome that and look to God for our hope instead of looking to ourselves and all the things that we tell ourselves as we, as we take on a task. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Carrie Brinketer and Kathy Enderbrock. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge. We're here in studio with Miss Evelyn Davison. And on the phone, we have Kathy Enderbrock, and I am Coach Carrie Brinketer. It's so great to have you with us today. Kathy just took us through this um, amazing story of Moses, and I think he can teach us so much about how he was so afraid, and he made all the excuses in the world about why he couldn't do what God was asking him to do. And I think Moses was afraid of what would happen if he actually did succeed, right? Can I? Yes. Am I worthy? Am I worthy? And I think so many times we, we think about this, just think of this fear of success. It's actually so common that it causes us to lose out on a lot of opportunities in life. Can you imagine if Moses had lost out on this opportunity? Um, Many of us feel so unworthy because we failed so many times. You might falsely tell yourself that you're not one of those people who gets everything they go after. You know, oh, that's just not me. I I, I can't do that. I know that that's what I was doing as I coached in those games. I'm not good enough. What if I can't coach well enough to win this game? I mean, goodness. Yeah, yes, we can all tell ourselves negative things, but the fear of success holds us back from doing great things for Christ's kingdom. 
Is God calling you to do something and you're stubbornly procrastinating? (laughs) Or maybe you're compromising or self-sabotaging with those negative thoughts. The more we face our fears and bring them to the surface and really analyze them rationally, the more we weaken those fears. I really firmly believe that. You want to be successful in your marriage and your relationships and your job and your parenting and your volunteer work? Out the fear by admitting it. Okay, yes, I am saying that you have to admit it, that you're afraid. I know that's really hard for us to do. But once you say it out loud, okay, I'm really afraid that I'm going to fail at this. I'm really afraid that if I do succeed, that people will go, oh, gosh, but she can't continue to do this. You know what? Just out that fear. Yes, this is a great way to confront it. Stop with the negative thoughts. Stop with the, I'm not equipped to teach Sunday school. I'm not gifted enough to organize that event. I raised my voice at my kid today. I'm the worst parent on the face of the planet. (laughs) I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I've done so many bad things. We talk to ourselves that way. And you know what? The Lord wants us to flip that around. Just realizing that you're not alone in this journey, just like Moses, just like Kathy pointed out that Moses wasn't alone. God gave him Aaron. Just Mm -hmm. realizing that we're not alone in our journey is really freeing us up to see what God really has in store for us. We have to keep reminding ourselves that we're a vital part of something larger than ourselves. And, you know, Kathy said this before, the enemy was the one that was attacking her when she got up to do speeches. And the enemy is going to do everything in his power to continue to feed us lies about our inadequacy. Listen to this, friends. First Peter 5, 8, 9. Keep your mind clear and be alert. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. Be firm in the faith and resist him, knowing that other believers throughout the world are going through the same kind of suffering. Friends, the fear of success is robbing us of stepping into the truth, the truth, and discovering that you are not those things that you tell yourself. You are not those things in Jesus. Don't be afraid to let them go and step into success for his kingdom. So I I know that sometimes we self-sabotage and we use negative thoughts. But Miss Evelyn, you know what else we do? Is we have a fear of sustaining that success. That's the number one fear. Is you know, if once we make a decision or we realize that the Lord has called us and we are a messenger of hope, a messenger of joy, mm-hmm. a messenger of uh, good news, then we we have to come to realize that we cannot do it by ourselves. That's so true. I mean, I remember stepping into that championship game and going, oh, no. What what if what if we do win this? You know, like, and and you you're so afraid of succeeding. Mm-hmm. Why? You know what's happening? You start to panic. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe you're normally very reliable, and all of a sudden you start forgetting a bunch of things, right? Because you're you're kind of um, making your own uh, premonitions come true, right? Yeah. You might say or do something out of character just because you're afraid. As believers, we have to be mindful to choose the right standard of measurement to determine our success and failure. Right, Miss Evelyn? Uh, the world's view of our success and failure is not God's view Absolutely. of our success and failure. And I think I lost my track a little bit in that first conference championship game thinking, oh, I can do this. I'm, you know, I I think I think I'm a good enough coach, maybe, maybe, and with all the negativity that was going on in my brain. But you know what? The Lord 
was there with me the whole time. Most of us are basing ourselves on fault, basing success and failure <clears throat> on faulty comparisons, right? That is the number one thing. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we, we compare ourselves against uh, a man like Franklin Graham. Right. But, you know, the gap for each one of us is different. It is. That place where the Lord has put us, appointed us, and anointed us, and that's John fifteen sixteen. Then we are in a place where we can have everything we need to be that love messenger that he has called us to be and has trained us to be. I love that you say standing in a gap. Um, a lady at our church who I adore and love and who has sat me down and just really spoken the word into me many times she said, Carrie, I pray because her children are just amazing. They're grown and they're just lovely, lovely human beings um, who love the Lord. And she said, I just pray every day for the Lord to fill in the gap. It's not me. Like, I just uh-huh. pray every day for the Lord to fill in the gap because I cannot do this myself. And um, it's so true. I love what Paul wrote. He wrote this in Second Corinthians 10. He said, for we would not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who recommend themselves, right? right? But when they measure themselves by themselves, okay, they're without understanding. That's it. We just don't fully understand and see uh, the plan of the Lord. And, and Kathy and I have talked about that for years. Uh, when we look at ourselves, we have to look from the viewpoint of what God is making in our lives and that viewpoint comes from what he taught Paul, or Paul taught us in Ephesians. He says, I pray the eyes of your heart might what? See God. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, fundamentally, the, the distortion of comparing ourselves with others is just, it's so heartbreaking. You know, we, as we look at social media, we see snippets of everybody's best self. Right? Like whoever puts on social media their worst self. Nobody. We see little tiny snippets of everybody's best self. And then we're left to go, oh, well, that's, that's not what my life looks mm-hmm. like. You know? We, we are all to do our best according to the abilities that God gave us. And he's given us these abilities, and he wants to use us right where we are. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul told the Corinthians, the Corinthians, be imitators of me right. as I also am of Christ. Christ. You know, I love this principle, Carrie, because, you know, you you say that we look at other people. And I think when we look at other people, we can have these these pity parties, you know, either fear of man or um, or we like you said, we feel inadequate mm-hmm. when we compare ourselves with others. And yet God says, hey, no, no, no. You look at me first. You, you the, I, I'm the one that you keep your eyes set on. And when we look at God first and then through that lens, through that lens of love and grace, then we look at others. I think that's when our pity parties become praise parties because we look at God and we know who we are. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, when we look at others, we go, well, who am I compared to them? But we look at God and we go, who am I? I'm chosen. I'm his. I'm equipped for every good work. And then we can look at others, not from a point of comparison, but from a point of, okay, Lord, what would you like me to do in this situation? And I think that every single voice, every single life 
has such an opportunity to be so much more powerful in in today present time than it ever has in world history when you look at our opportunities to be a messenger and a, and, and and a um an encourager and a, a witness through social media mm-hmm. our everything we say every word that we put out there it literally can reach to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. in less than a 24 hour period yeah. i mean we're talking mm-hmm. instantaneous mm-hmm. and I, I just think that the opportunities we have right now are just unmatched from any point that we've ever had in world history it's really a great point kathy you know um we can use that for good and to to reach others for Christ when we don't when we don't use our our silly comparisons. I love this article by Marjorie Eddington that she states that usually what we're afraid of is something unknown in the future too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're it's so unfounded. Usually there's no real or corroborating evidence to support our fears, right? What if I really can't do this? What if nobody likes me? What if I don't know how to solve all these problems? The future is always in the future. What ifs? I, I mean, they, they seem, it's the very nature of it. So this is why the future, um, to give the future the power to ruin our present is really silly. You know? So being afraid of that success in the future, don't give the future that power over your present. The Lord wants you to be here. He wants you to be present now and to do his kingdom work now. Let me leave you with this verse as we go into our into our break. Please join us again after the break for as we wrap up this this um, wonderful day talking about how perfect love casts out fear. In Job 3.25, it says, For the thing which I greatly feared is upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Job kind of had a self-fulfilling prophecy there, bless his heart. And we, God commands us not to do that. He commands us to look to him for strength and to not be afraid. When we return, we will continue to talk about our wonderful topic today of perfect love casting out fear. And we'll jump to Miss Evelyn and her wonderful words of wisdom. Please join us back on today's Christian Talk 1120. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Carrie Brinketer and Kathy Enderbrock. Welcome back, friends. Thank you so much for joining us here on our final segment of Love Talk today with Miss Evelyn Davison, Kathy and DeBrock, and me. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. It's so great to spend this time with you today. Um, 1120 The Bridge is just such a wonderful station where you can hear the good news of Jesus spoken every single day. Thank you again for joining us as we talk today about perfect love casting out fear. Miss Evelyn, the truth is... Fear has no real power unless we allow it to have power over us, right? That is true. And we have a, a we have this little guy we call the enemy of Easter. He's mm. not little. He's big. Yes. That every day he would take away that which God has deposited in our lives in the area mm. of encouragement and engagement. And the enemy uh, comes against us. But what does the scripture say about that? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he goodness. is in the world out there. Absolutely. And he is busy. Mm-hmm. And, and across this nation, as we look at where we are right now in history, uh, there is a great deal of fear and anguish. 
mm-hmm. uh, as to some of the decisions we have to make. But one one of the things that we learned from Franklin Graham is the first thing we're going to do is pray. The second thing we're going to do is engage. And that's what we do here on Love Talk mm-hmm. is we want to engage our audience in the things that are going on, the things that do bring us hope, the things that are helpful. And, and the one thing through the years that has helped me uh, when I've had these periods of fear or anxiety, I call it, mm-hmm. um, is the motto that I have for living. And my motto is this, and I've said it for 32 years I've been mm-hmm. on the air. He plus me equals we. It's mm. terrible grammar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forgive but you. But it we'll is perfect. You. It is perfect of what we're talking about today. We cannot live this life alone mm-hmm. and and be all God's intended for us to be. It, it comes through faith and hope and joy. There is a great moment of joy when we see how God comes in a in a way that shows us His real power, and the power comes from the the, the very dynamo in our self called faith and grace that He puts upon our life. Isn't and that when, the truth, Miss Evelyn? I I tell you, it's it's impossible for us to live. To trust God, I'm sorry, it's impossible for us to trust God and be afraid at the same time, right? Right. Either you, I mean, you can't do both. Either we know that God is in control of the situation or we believe he isn't. It's one or the other. We can't do both. And it's whether we give him the the room to work that in our life. Oh, yeah. We live in these inner courts, you know, that we just barricade ourselves. Well, I won't go to this thing because, you know, it might get me in trouble. Or Mm. uh, I will go over here because I'll be comfortable. You know, sometimes it takes the battle Mm -hmm. for us to be a soldier, Mm -hmm. to be a patriot. And our nation was built on that when the pilgrims came to this land. And when you look at it from our point of view today, we are great in grace across this nation. We've got some of the most powerful, godly, spiritually filled uh, pastors and leaders we have ever had in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where do you go to get that? You go where Christ is. Mm-hmm. You go where where he is, and that's in quiet time every day. Stop and think about what it is in my life right now that is that is troubling. What is troubling? Well, at my age, it's age. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to face that. So mm-hmm. what I have to do, I have to trust God to help me make the adjustments. Right. You just can't get on a freight train and, and go down a hill, you, you know, because <laughs> that caboose is behind you. You want to go <laughs> upward. But one of the things that is so true is God is telling us, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, mm-hmm. saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. This is from Isaiah. Ah. Beautiful. I won't do all of it, but I will help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he leads us to the point by faith. That's how we're led is by faith. And faith is the key that opens the door. And his grace covers all this in a way that gives us the strength and the stamina to go to battle. And that's what we're doing. We are battling in this nation right now. We, we are. We're battling in this nation and we, and we battle ourselves. I mean, Kathy, what more could we want um, well, I, and, well, I mean, uh, to, Evelyn, to live in that space? It's just like Evelyn said that, you know, God is holding us in his right hand. He mm-hmm. has a hold of our hand. And what, what, what more could we want to give us 
us peace? What more could we need to deliver joy into our lives? And, you know, I just say, run to God, run to God's word, because there are so many incredible stories and passages in the Bible that deal with fear. And, and, and this in itself is comforting because we know that God cares about this area within our lives and, and that we're not alone in being fearful. Great leaders, um, children of God that have done mighty things have started out in a place of fear. You'll see it with, with, with Gideon and, and, and Moses, mm-hmm. as we talked about, and, and so many areas within God's word. Go open that Bible. Get in there. Read it. And, and meet God there and learn his word. And, you know, even though it may seem like it at times, fear of failure and fear of success, it is not in our nature. And God addresses this very clearly in 2 Timothy 1, 7, where, where God's word says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I would ask all of our listening friends, how many of you want to experience that spirit of power, that spirit of love, that spirit of, of, the, of, the, of a sound mind, and you are tired and done with that spirit of fear? This is who we're talking to today, you know, speaking to myself, speaking to our listening friends God's God's love for us, his words to us, is that we would be filled with, with power and love and have a sound mind to reason through things, to understand things from a godly perspective, from a perspective of truth, and where we can just kiss fear goodbye. Oh, man, wouldn't it be nice to kiss fear goodbye? Fear and love cannot abide in the same space. That's right. They cannot abide in that same space. And if, and if you don't remember anything else but that today, listeners, I think that is, that is the main thing is that we cannot, it is impossible for us to trust God and be afraid at the same time. We can't do both. They can't live in that same space. As Kathy, Evelyn, and I wrap, wrap this up for today, I would love to challenge you to dispel the myth that you're not good enough challenge you to dispel that myth that you can't do it. Um, I want to challenge you to conquer the myth that you can't sustain that success, that happiness. Not necessarily talking about worldly success here, friends. The success that Jesus wants to have you in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. We want to challenge you to stop letting fear hold you back from doing something great for the kingdom. Can you imagine, Kathy, if you had not... If you had stepped back and never given another speech again about prayer and never spoken into women's lives again about prayer, I mean, I can't imagine what that would be like if you if you hadn't realized that the enemy was trying to beat you down. Um, we want to challenge you to stop letting that fear hold you back from doing something great. The fear of success has absolutely no room in your life. God's perfect love casts out fear. And again, I want to read 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Miss Evelyn, how can you receive God's truth and this freedom from fear? How can you receive that? Well, we receive it by faith, and it, it is delivered by grace. Mm. 
It's like a truckload or a trainload of grace coming away. And today we'd say probably an internet of grace coming away. <laughs> because things have changed in, in a lot of areas in our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to change even more. But we don't have to be afraid of change. We, when we know that God has placed us where he's placed us. And that's what GAP is. God's anointed place. Mm. God's anointed place. God's appointed place. He put us here. I think sometimes how great it's been to have been born in a time like this. In all the years through history that we would live in a time like this when we are so close to the coming of the Lord Jesus. But I would say to you who are listening to us today, uh, if you don't have that assurance that uh, you can live without fear, then listen very carefully. God's perfect love cast out fear it is our rope of hope um he said though i walk through the valley i will fear no evil because you are with me lord Uh, our rope of hope can only be one thing and that is god's plan for life and love and he cares enough about you that if you'll cast your cares and your fears on him and put your trust in him he will give you everything you need to live a positive life, a, a fearless life. Mm. He not only takes away the fear, he helps us be fearless in our service and our love for him. And so how do you get that? He, first of all, you have to admit that you're lost, that you don't have it. You want it. You desire it. Second thing is you begin to believe that Jesus came because he loves you. That's the reason he came. In the book of John, 1 John, it said, God is love. That's why Jesus came. God sent his only son that you might have life and love. And it is available. So then, of course, you just uh, acknowledge that, believe that, and then confess it. And he will send you a love helper to help you begin to live this life free of fear. I want to thank Kathy for being with us today and Carrie for you being here and If you prayed with us today, or if you want to pray for us, we would ask you to do that. And then give us a call on the love line at 512-249-6535. And let us help you begin to live that life of love and assurance with hope and understanding. So that you truly might live the promise we talked about today. He plus me equals we. And we, with the Lord's help and his vision and his compassion can make life all it is that he has designed it to be for each one of us. Have a great week. You can check us out at www.lovetalknetwork.com.